Masechet Sukkah, Daf 40, two major topics today, both regarding Shivit laws. The first one is how come a lulav might, could be subject to Shivit laws? After all, it's not a fruit. And the second one will be talking about transferring of Shivit Kedusha to money. Is that done uh, by selling? Everyone agrees, yes, by selling. But what if not by selling, just by uh, imagining, just saying something? and doing the transfer without a sale, does that still work? Uh, okay, so we begin uh, with the question here. So if we remember, the Mishnah said that you're allowed to buy a lulav, but the etrog should be a gift. Uh, because um, etrog is subject to shivi'it laws, and therefore if you get, if you, um, uh, if you pay for it, the ama'aretz will go and use the money and, uh, and uh, for inappropriate uses, and you might not use it for food during that year. I mean, if it's a trustworthy person, then that would be okay. Uh, so that's where we first of all learn the idea that you can transfer kiddushat shivi'it. When you transfer kiddushat shivi'it, it actually remains on the food, but then also applies to the, to the money. But the lulav, it says you can buy and we were wondering all day yesterday, how come, what's the difference? How come you can buy the lulav? And our answer was because regarding the lulav, we follow the time that it grew. And it grew during, most of its growth was during the sixth year, now during Elul. And by time you're picking it in Tishrei, the picking does not matter. For the Etrog, it's the picking, but for the lulav, it's the growing. Okay, so what do we see from there? That if, that it's only because it was, it's, um, it's a product of the sixth year. But what if it was, did in fact grow during the seventh year, then the lulav would be kadosh. And you would not be able to, uh, to, uh, uh, um, uh, to, to gather it and uh, hoard it or, or use it for, sell it with, in the terms of commerce. Um, it would have kedushat shivirit. And, but why? Amai, atzim ba'almahu. They're just branches. Be'asim and ba'hem mishum kedushat shivirit. And as a general rule, trees, do not themselves have do not have kedushat shivi'it. Basically, it should be only food. Um, de, we have the tenan, but it's not actually a braita. It's a, 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 it's not actually a mishnah. It's a braita. So this might be changed to the tanya. Ale kanim vale gefanim shegebaban lechobal pnei hasade. If you take these reed leaves or vine leaves and you pile them together for storage on top of the, uh, in, in the field. Word lechovah is a curious word. Well, different interpretations. We'll follow the translation here for storage. So now you're gathering these um, uh, uh, branches. Why? If you're gathering them for food, happens to be reeds uh, and vine leaves, you can use for food, make yebra out of it. Uh, so if you, if you have in mind that you're going to use them for food, uh, then then they are restricted, all the restrictions of shivit. You can only take a little for your use now. You can't store it up for a future time. But if you gather it, when it says gather it for trees, it means gather it for burning. That's the general thing you do. You use for, you use with branches. If you're gathering it for burning, then it does not have kiddushat shivit, and you can store, take as much as you want. You can open a store and sell it and do commerce and all these things. So therefore, lulav is not an edible product. 
right? Uh, it's, uh, it's something that's just a branch. So there shouldn't be any problem. You shouldn't have to say, oh, the love, only because it grew during the sixth year. But if it grew during the seventh year, it shouldn't be a problem then either. That's our question. And through this question, we're going to get into a lot of different uh, details about different uses of, uh, of wood and objects. Does it fall under the Shivirit law or not? So, Shane Hatam de Markera, Lachem le Ochla. I'll read the full Pasuk. Baita Shabbat, Aris Lachem le Ochla. That the resting of the land will be for you to eat. Lechal Abdechala Matecha, Sirechata Shabecha, Hagarim Aimach. That whatever, you're not allowed to plant anything, but whatever grows on its own, you can take for eating, as long as you share it equally with everybody who lives, uh, who lives uh, around you. So therefore, you can only use shivi'it produce for eating. But lachem dumiyad achila. The pasuk doesn't say just leochla. It says lachem leochla. So that extra word lachem means for your own use, even if it's not exactly for eating, as long as it's in some way similar to eating. And here's a criteria. It's a little bit strange, but um, uh, this is the, the, the comparison. How are we going to decide what should be included within the category of eating and something similar to eating? Anything at, for which the benefit and the consumption coincide. The benefit to the human being. So when you're eating something, you, you're, you're, as you're eating it, you're benefiting it, enjoying it, and you're also consuming it. The food is no longer there. And those two things coincide. Um, however, when you're burning uh, wood, so in that case, let's say you're burning it to uh, cook something. So the burning is happening now and uh, the fire, the, the wood is being consumed, but the benefit to you is not to later after you eat it. Right. Uh, if you're warmed up by a campfire, in that case also, the rabbis are conceptualizing wood as when it, when, it, it, when it starts to generate heat, it's already charcoal and not wood anymore. So the wood um, already turned into something else. And so you're benefiting after it turns into uh, charcoal. So that, that's another way of, 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 of thinking about the same thing. So therefore, that is too different from eating so, but any, if anything else where the eating, where the consumption and the use is the same time, that would be okay. An example of that is a lulav. Usually a lulav is used as a broom. That's, that was, that's generally when they have, right? They need brooms. So when you have a broom and you're sweeping, so as you sweep, the, uh, the leaves get withered away, get destroyed. But the benefit is also happens at the same time as you're sweeping the dirt. So a lulav used as a broom is similar to eating and therefore is a subject to all the laws of shivirit, whereas wood for burning is not subject to the laws of shivirit because there the benefit and the consumption do not coincide. And that is the answer. Got it? Okay. Now, next question. What about food that would be used for, uh, uh, for a lamp, uh, the mishchan, like mishchan, like oil, oily wood that you would use as a, as a torch. In that case, the consumption and the benefit is at the same time, isn't it? 
Um, so, and yet it looks like that would be included under, uh, under the category of, of just wood. That's not sh- uh, subject to, subject to shavit. We don't worry about that particular case because generally it's made for burning as fuel and uh, most wood is not made for as burning for a f- fire, for a torch. Usually they use oil for that. Okay, good. So now we solve that problem. Um, and now we're going to point out I have a, a, a um, outline here. Um, so the question is, why is the love subject to shivyait? And so we saw the general rule, food and anything where consumption and benefit coincide are subject to shivyait. That excludes burning wood, but it includes palm, palm trees that you use as a broom generally or as a lulav. Now we're gonna point out that this question about the burning of wood, which we assumed is excluded from the law of shivyait, which would mean that you can take branches and just gather them and do whatever you want with them. That itself is subject to a machloket tanaim between tanakama and rabbi yoseh. And during this discussion, we'll bring in yet other uses of branches during shivit. So if you have perot shivit, um, in this case, we're, we're mixing it into liquid. So let's imagine it's wine. Wine is also perot shivit. You make it out of grapes. You have to use that wine in a proper way for shivit, which means you have to consume it during that year, right? You're allowed to go and take some grapes equal as, every, as everybody else, as, and you can make wine out of it, but you can't age the wine until next year. You have to use it for consumption. Now, what if I want to use the wine, but for something else, to soak flax in? Um, and maybe the wine's not very tasty, so I'm just gonna use it, use it to soak flax, or I'm gonna use it for, laun- for laundering. Um, I think that would kind of uh, stain the clothing, but okay, maybe, maybe you wanna color it or something, right? So I'm gonna use the wine for a different purpose. Is that permitted? Tanakama says no, because you're not eating it. And that's not, that's an improper way of using kedushat shivi'it. Rebi Yosef says, yes, you can use it. That's also a benefit to you. And therefore, you're allowed to get a different type of benefit, not only eating. That's the machloket. Now let's try to analyze the reason for it. And by analyzing the reason, we can correlate it with the, with the machloket about wood. Uh, the Tanakama says that, no, you cannot use it for laundering. Pasuk says you have to use should eat fruit to eat and not for laundering and not for soaking. So uh, means for you, for all of your needs. So we're taking the, you know, that same phrase we saw before, you focus on one word, then you no, know, you can't. Focus on the other word, then, then, then you can. So now we're going to ask on each other. You focused on the word so only eating, but also says what are you going to do with that? So the word says, yeah, I'll include a few things, uh, but only things where the benefit and the consumption happen uh, coincide. Um, and so, but that would exclude uh, laundering. If I'm la- I launder something now, but I don't use it till, la- till later. I soak the flax now, but I don't get the benefit of the soaking until I take it out and then make, uh, make clothing out of it. So therefore, uh, these things are excluded. So you see Tanakama would exclude burning wood also because of the coinc- coinciding principle.
you focused on the word lachem to mean anything that's for your use, anything that you benefit, including laundering. You can use to eat food for that. No, he takes the word to eat to say, to only exclude using um, the produce, the, the wine, for uh, for medis for a medical remedy to make a, a bandage out of it. So this is quoting a braita that just goes through the, the, the wording and says the word leochla. You have to use shavi'id produce to eat and not for medication. Now, now the now the midrash asks this is a typical form of midrash. You have a hypothesis and then it questions the hypothesis. And says, when you say for eating and not for me- not for me- medication, maybe not. Maybe it means for eating and not for uh, washing, for laundering. And this person says, lachem, that includes laundering because that's something you need. So then why do I have eating but not uh, remedy? Now we ask a question. Why do you want to include the laundering and not using it as a remedy? Why is one better than the other? We include laundering because everybody benefits from laundering. Everybody has to wash their clothes. Uh, so Whereas a remedy is only for someone who's ill. So it's not as expansive, not as important. Um, and therefore, if you're saying lachem, it means something that's, that everyone can use and everyone can benefit. So that's all the B Yoseh. And uh, therefore, we see that according to Tanakama, he would exclude laundering and soaking and burning wood. These are all not considered uh, ways of, of eating that you can use for shivirit. And that's why if you have wine, shivirit wine, you cannot use it for laundering, soaking. If you have uh, uh, branches, then they are not subject to the law of shivit, and you can gather as much as you want. Because in all these cases, consumption benefit do not coincide. Whereas Rabbi Yoseh, he would say all, he doesn't have the uh, coinciding principle. He thinks all those things are proper uses. And it works both l'chumrah and l'kula. If you have shivit wine, then you can use it for laundering and soaking. That's called usage. And that also means that if you have wood, burning is considered a usage. And therefore, it is subject to shivit, and therefore you could only use a little bit at a time. And the only thing he would exclude is using it as a bandage for um, for, me- for for medication. So therefore, we see that this was a, this whole thing was in fact a subject to machloket um, between Tanaim. And last point on this section, Mantan banan, who would be the author of this following baraita? So another couple of possible usages, when the Pasuk says that you have to take Shavit produce and eat it, that excludes using it as medicine. It also excludes sprinkling. They would often take wine and sprinkle it on the floor of their homes to make a nice fragrance. Um, so that would be an improper usage because you're not eating it. And also you can't use this wine as an apiktozin, that would be an emetic to cause vomiting. Someone has a stomach ache, um, so uh, I guess you'd use some kind of uh, 
uh, old wine to make people uh, vomit. And that is not a proper usage. That's the opposite of eating. And uh, all these are excluded. Keman, must be the author. Because if it was Rabbanan, they would add also soaking and laundering. So actually everyone agrees that the things on this list are improper usages, but uh, since it's not as comprehensive as Rabbanan's list, it must be that Rabbi is the author. Okay, great. Now the last topic for the daf, Amar Rabbi El-Azhar, En shivi'it mitchalelet ela derech mikach, so this idea of chilul, um, we know this from the realm of, uh, of Kodesh. Right? If I have an animal and I make it Kodesh, I designate it, and then for whatever reason, um, I need to uh, switch it. So in certain cases it works, in cases it doesn't work, I can take it and switch it and switch the Kiddusha on another animal. Or Maaseh Sheni. Right, this is a good example. I have produce, I have to bring it to Jerusalem, but I live uh, far away in Haifa, so then I can transfer it to money. When I transfer it, in that case, the, pro- the produce becomes chulin. You could use it for anything. The money becomes kodesh. I have to bring it to Jerusalem. Now, in the case of Maasishini, for example, um, I don't. I could be through selling, or I can be. I can just say I declare the money. This uh, the kedusha transfer it to something else. I could just make a declaration. Uh, and so thus the declaration works in those in cases of, of, of Kodesh. So now we want to think about Shivi'it. We saw in the Mishnah that if you buy an etrog, so they, that etrog retains Kiddushat Shivi'it, but the money also has Kiddushat Shivi'it. So when we talk about Chilul in regarding to Shivi'it, it's a little different than the other cases. Because in those cases, usually when you do a Chilul, the item becomes uh, uh, secular, uh, um, desacralized, whereas in Shivi'it, it retains its sacred nature, but the money also takes it on. Okay, so that's going to be true for both opinions. Now the question is, when you do this, uh, this um, transfer to money, is it only through buying, so that if I buy the etrog, then the money becomes kadosh, or what if I say I want this etrog, the kiddushav that etrog to transfer to the money, I just make it as a declaration. Not in, uh, not in the context of selling, would that also work? And would that money become Kodesh? So Rabbi El-Azhar says only buying and selling. Rabbi Yochanan says also through Chilul. Good. My Ta'amed Rabbi El-Azhar. Rabbi El-Azhar says that it's only through buying and selling. Dichtiv. So he's reading two pesukim. These pesukim are actually talking about Yovel. Not Shavit, but Jovel has the same laws as Shavit, you also can't work the land. And here, one Pasuk says, Everybody returns to his ancestral holding. And next Pasuk says, If you buy or sell property, then don't uh, mistreat the other person because let's say there's only two years left till Yovel, you shouldn't sell at a full price, only count the number of harvests that you're going to get. So it's really talking about a different subject altogether, but nevertheless, this Midrash is comparing the Pesukim and saying this, uh, that, that, uh, since it talks about buying and selling right next to the laws of Yovel, we learn that derech mikach, velo derech chilul, that the way that Kiddushat Yovel equals Kiddushat Shevi'it, can be transferred is only through selling and not through a declaration. 
That's the Bielaza's uh, source. Rabbi Yochanan, my Dichtib ki yobel hi kodesh. Rabbi Yochanan is going to learn from Basuk before, Basuk 12, that says, ki yobel hi kodesh ye lachem minas Since he uses the word kodesh, so ma kodesh ben derech mikach ben derech chilul, af shevi'it ben derech mikar ben derech chilul. Just like regarding sacrifices and other holy things, you can do it as a declaration or as, as buying and selling. So too, the word kodesh is applied here for shevi'it, well, for yovel, and therefore equal also to shevi'it, and that's how he learns it. All right. Now, Rabbi Yochanan, what would he do with the juxtaposition of Yovel with buying and selling? So what would he do with that juxtaposition? He's going to follow an agada about it. There's an agada that says, um, look how serious even the dust of Shivit is. Shivit, the main problem of Shivit, the main violation of Shivit is if you couldn't go and plant and, and prune uh, your field. Um, if you go gather things that are out there for the public and sell them, that's also prohibited, but it's a secondary prohibition. Yet even that secondary, what we call dust of shivi'it, is so severe that if someone violates that, what ends, he's thinking he's going to make money, right, by, uh, by cornering the market because there's nothing for sale. He makes this black market. And what's going to happen to that person? And the end is going to be, become poor and is going to have to sell off his, uh, his movables. And the pasuk says miyad amitecha, so it sounds like something that you're transferring. And then the, the this is not doesn't quote the full midrash here, but the rest of midrash says. And then furthermore, he's going to have to sell his land, and he's going to have to sell his, his himself and his and household into slavery. So they're really uh, uh, you know uh, um, uh, talking about how severe this violation is. Um, you can understand why uh, this would be such a sensitive point. Um, the whole point of the of Shemitah year is that everybody should become equalized, have equal access to everything that grows. And uh, this person is really undermining the whole system because by hoarding and selling, right? And you know, it's like uh, you know when um, when there were ra- rations, uh, you know, during uh, World War II, right? So and now you're taking something that is supposed to be equal and give everybody something, and now you're taking it all for yourself. So the people starve; they're dependent on you, and now you're benefiting from something that's supposed to be a social program that's supposed to bring everybody together and have a year of kiddushah. And so this this per- this person is ruining the entire experience. And so therefore, this is a very serious problem. And uh, he's trying to make a buck, but he's in, and can end up losing everything. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan does with that comparison. Um, uh, unlike Rabbi Al-Azad, used the comparison to say, you can buy, you can do it through only buying and selling. What is Rabbi Al-Azad going to do with the Pasuk of Rabbi Yochanan that says Kodesh? Um, so if it's Kodesh, it should have the same laws as Kodesh, right? And therefore, you can even make a de- just a declaration. He's going to use that to say that um, when you do make a transfer for Shivit, yes, the Kiddushah does uh, take effect on the money. Um, and, uh, and so, yes, there is a possibility of transfer of Kiddushah. That's what he's learning from that. But nevertheless, it can only happen through buying and selling and not just because you say so. Okay, good. So now we know their sources. 
we're going to conclude with two um, uh, proofs. Tanya kivated Rabbi Elazar v'Tanya kivated Rabbi Yochanan. We have one Brayta that agrees with Rabbi Elazar, another Brayta that agrees with Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan are early Amoraim, and you see that their machloket parallels an even earlier machloket. So here's the first one. Tanya kivated Rabbi Elazar shivri tofeset et dameha shene'emar ki yobel hi kodesh similar language to the statement we just had before, um, that shiviit, yes, money can acquire the status, holy stat, holiness of shiviit, as it says, just like kodesh um, can take effect on money and become therefore prohibited, so to shiviit can take effect on money and all, all the prohibitions involved in shiviit will be effective on that money. That money has to be used for eating during that year. Now you might think maybe we should make a full parallel and just like Kodesh takes effect on money, but the produce then becomes unconsecrated. Maybe you'll think that Shavit also, let's say when I buy the Yetrog, so the money takes, takes the uh, laws of Shavit, but the Yetrog becomes Chulin. You might think that. That the word Tihyeh, right, um, uh, means that it remains in its status. Whatever it was before, the Yetrog remains um, as Shavit. So, the Kiddushah can transfer. When we talk about transfer, you know, if I, if I give you this, this water bottle, now you have it and I don't have it. But if I transfer fire, right, then I have the flame and you also have the flame. So Shavit is more like fire. Transfer um, it goes to the other, but doesn't lose, but the, the originator doesn't lose it. Hakesad, let's give an example. Let's say I have some produce of fruit uh, that's Shavit, and I go to the market and I trade it for meat. So the fruit and the meat have to be eaten during the Shavit year. Even meat, which doesn't grow, gets the Kiddushah of Shavit. So now if I go take the meat and change it for fish, so now the, the meat will no longer have Kiddushah Shavit, but the fish will. So after the, after the second a barter, then it does transfer, like, like the water bottle. It goes, it loses, the original thing loses. But the original produce never loses its kiddushah. If I trade the fish for wine, then the fish loses it, and the wine does get it, even though wine actually is a type of produce and could have shavit, doesn't. They trade for wine for oil, then the oil will have kiddushah shavit and not the wine. Here's the general rule. The last thing that you tra- trade for that will have the Kiddushah of Shavit, and the original etrog or fruit will also retain Shavit, the first and the last. But all the things in between, once I transfer, once I barter them, they lose it. So this whole Baraita was a proof for to be Al-Azhar because you see in every example it says Lakach, that he bought something, he sold something and bought something or traded something. So you see, since every example is like that, that implies that only through uh, transaction, that's how uh, Shavit can transfer, but not simply by uh, making a declaration that I want this to transfer to something else. Good. So that's the proof of the Bialazar. Tanya Kevate de Bialhanan. 
אחד שביעית ואחד מעשה שני מתחללין על בהמה חיה ועוף בן חיים בן שחוטין דבלי רבי מאיר. The fascinating uh, opinion that שביעית and מעשה שני, so again מעשה שני, I have a tenth of my produce, I have to bring it to Jerusalem, but I don't want to carry it, so I want to transfer it to money, or I could, not doesn't have to be to money, I could transfer it to an, any other item, including an animal, or a domesticated wild animal, or a bird, whether they're alive or, uh, or dead, or they're just shechita, which is really interesting. I could take a live lamb, I could say, all my, all my apples here, I'm going to put it into this lamb. Right, and the lamb is alive, then it could walk by itself to Jerusalem. That'll save me the trouble of carrying it. Um, I do have to eat it that year, though. So I eventually have to do shechita and eat it. Um, good. That's what it means. Chachamim omerim al shechutim mitchalilin al chayin and mitchalilin gezera shema yigadel mehen adarim. He says, I agree that you can transfer it to um, meat, but that's only. Um, if it is, uh, if it's, if it's shechuta, if it's just meat, then I'm going to eat it. But if it's alive, no. Why? Because I may want to decide that I want to raise a flock from it. Look at this nice, it'll be a good mom, this, uh, this, uh, this sheep. And therefore, I want to leave it alive till next year. And then you'll violate the, the law because you have to eat that shivit um, now during this year. So therefore, you cannot use a live animal. Dava further limits the machloket and says, even Chachamim, so even the Bimeir would only uh, would agree that you can put it onto a male animal that's alive. But a female animal, everyone agrees that you cannot um, transfer the Kiddushah to a live female animal because of that Gezerah that you're going to. Uh, females generally, they, they would let live longer because it can, it can produce kids. The males are uh, more expendable. Um, and so, uh, so are, are less, less reason to make a Gezerah. Everybody agree that the Nekevot can't, you cannot do. Okay, so for the fact that the Braita says the word mitchalelin, and it's not a bad in a context of purchasing or selling. It sounds like you have your produce and you say, I'm going to decide to transfer everything for, to, uh, into this animal. So you're not buying and selling it. You're doing it through declaration. And yet this includes both Maaseh and Shevi'it. So it sounds like you can make a declaration uh, to do Chilul. And that would be a proof for Rabbi Yochanan. Amen, amen.